<laughs> Is it weird yet? <laughs> I'm totally gonna start the podcast like this just to mess with Maddie and then be like, nah, I got another one that we're not breathing on. <laughs> You may notice that our podcast may sound a little different. While we always wear a mask and social distance during recordings, Tom and I have moved to a more open and not so enclosed environment to ensure an even safer environment for recording. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer and Rode pod mics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's mpex.com, search R-O-D-E. And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray. Good morning, Tom. (laughs) Good morning, Kevin. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thanks, bud. You were officially... Uh, I'm I'm old, yeah. Mm, You're out of your adolescence and into your mature days. I'm starting to look into AARP and my retirement plan and making sure that... is a little early. (laughs) You've only got a a trace zero. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't need them yet, but I'm going to go ahead and invest in the reading glasses now. (laughs) Um... No, it's only a matter of time before you're you're starting to say, well, in my day. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of already doing that. <laughs> my D300S could shoot continuously until you filled the card. <laughs> yes, it was only 12 megapixels, but man, could it shoot off a burst. <laughs> my first 512 megabyte CF card cost me $300. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly that. So Tom is 30. Oh boy. We welcome him into the third decade of his magnificent life, and we are so happy he has decided to cut into his birthday to come record with us today. Heck yeah. So, today we're going to be talking about something a little bit taboo. Um, the idea, uh, and we're going to approach it with some grace. We want to we wanna understand everybody's got their, their positions here, and you may be listening and you, uh, you're thinking, uh oh, are they going to rag in? No, we're not going to rag on you or anything. We just want to talk about it. Everyone talk about it. Talk about it. Um, everyone's a photographer these days, mm-hmm. or is everyone a photographer these days? Question mark. <laughs> it, it just depends on where you put the emphasis <laughs> and the syllable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we want to talk about uh, everyone being a photographer these days, and. Um, and how we're going to do that, I mean, say, I mean, for example, Tom, I know now that you mm-hmm. you carry your camera every day. 
Yep. I carry my camera every day. Yep. But truth be told, everybody listening to this right now carries a camera every day. They've got one in their pocket. What? But where is the zoom? <laughs> um, yeah, so everyone's got a camera. It's called their cell phone, and it, it houses a very, very nice camera. If you've purchased it within the last like three or four years or whatever, even five years, really? really? Yeah, yeah. Ever since the iPhone 3GS, I'm gonna say that's the that's the moment in which cell phone technology got good with imagery. Yeah. So, but yeah, we want to tackle this. We want to talk about <clears throat> the history of photography a little bit. And then kind of our opinions and takes on on where everybody kind of sits mm-hmm. and how they sit there and how we can all coexist. Yeah. Coexist in this little ecosystem of ours. I like that. Um, so with that said, our, our magical and marvelous executive producer, Matty O'Neill, down in sunshiny Florida, soon to be sunshiny South Carolina, um, has put together. <laughs> can you really Just call Just a fun fact, you know? <laughs> can you say South Carolina sunny? Like, what's the, what are they... I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's the it's, home of Myrtle Beach, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Carolinas, okay. both Carolinas are very pretty. Yes. Um, so the the palm tree state, I believe. Well, that's is it really? Well, that's on there. I think that's their like flag or something. Wow, I'm getting off on a tangent. I thought it was the the other first in flight, or like, or like. No, that's we're, North Ohio's. Like we we birthed pioneers in aviation <laughs> and. <laughs> North Carolina is like, we've got the place where they flew their kite that had an engine on it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was just talking to Ashley about this the other day because there's like a battle. uh, You know, you've got California versus Wisconsin because Wisconsin likes to call themselves like the dairy state. Mm. But truth be told, California produces more cheese and butter than anybody in the country. Whoa. So, and they have more cows than Wisconsin. Yeah, but Ben and Jerry's is in Vermont. Well, <laughs> but then you've got Ohio, and they're battling, always battling it out with North Carolina because we say we're the birthplace of aviation, and North Carolina says they're birth- birthplace of aviation. Now, we've birthed more aviators, but they're the ones who were first in flight. <laughs> so, yeah, bring, I mean, bring it on, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're slowly moving Maddie closer to you to, you know, to fight that that fight right on the front line. You know what else we're yeah. driving Maddie to? Madness with not staying on script here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 So Sorry, she's she's put put together for us um all that to say. Whew, that was like a two minute team on, <laughs> on Carolinas and the States. I think that's just the way this podcast is gonna go. Probably. We already restarted it once, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she's put together for some articles um, on the history of photography, which is super helpful. So mm-hmm. thank, you, thank you, Manny. We're going to go through some of those and our thoughts on those. And then I think we should, you know, give our takes on um, on where everybody sits. You know, yeah. You've got a camera, but where do you sit and everybody is a photographer or everybody has a camera and takes pictures, however you want to frame yeah. it. Yeah. It's like I, I, the the connection that I draw is like everybody has a car. Not everybody's an F1 driver. Got it. You yeah, know? That, that makes sense. Everybody got a hammer. You're not out building houses, though. Everybody got a knife and a fork. That'll make you a chef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess pots and pans True. would probably be a better. <laughs> I was going to say, I, 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 I was, I, yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, Maddie's got some great uh, re- resources here that we've gone over and that we're going to talk about. But I'm excited to uh, to kind of dive a little bit deeper into it just because this is such a, I don't know, there's like a weird defensiveness that I think some photographers take to their space. And sure. like, yeah, and 
I'm, I'm excited to kind of dig into those weeds a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you, so, so do you want to do, take on the first article and kind of give your thoughts on that? And we can kind of go back and forth. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Come on, Kev. Let's get let's get on it. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> okay. My, my bad. <laughs> Kevin's only on his first parable coffee today, so yeah. we're 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 trucking through it. But uh, yeah. So the first the first thing that I wanted to talk about is something that wasn't included on any of the literature that Maddie provided for us to kind of take a peek at. Gasp. <laughs> I'm I'm already going off topic a little bit. Here Not we. really off topic, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that this is nothing new to photography or art or anything like that. Um. The whole, like, photography is a technology-based art form, so that just means that as things progress, they, like, as new technologies come out, uh, previous technologies kind of trickle down and become easily, more easily accessed by amateurs or consumers or whatever you want to call that group of people, um, and... From literally photography's beginnings, there was an argument about technology killing or basically the advancing of technology kind of killing uh, a hierarchy of art forms. So literally camera camera obscura is what happens in your camera. And if you heard a little bit of ice trickling there, that, that was uh, Kevin killing his uh, parable coffee that he just finished off. But... Uh, but yeah, so from its beginning, camera obscura is what happens in your camera to produce an image to be captured on film or a sensor or whatever. Before that, there was something called, called a camera lucida. And I think that I'm pronouncing that right, but I believe that it's an Italian term. So I probably am not. Um, but that was literally a device that is very, very, uh, it was the prequel to Camera Obscura, and it allowed architects or artists to draw from real life and produce an image like more realistic than previously uh, possible. You said that term, and it actually, I was like, I've heard that term somewhere. There's a Roland Barthes book that's yeah. called Camera Lucida as well. Not too long ago, there was also a, um, a Kickstarter that was bringing the camera lucida back for illustrators um so oh like, really yeah so there's a new updated version that's um, cool that's out right now but go ahead keep i, I was just gonna say that that's a very long-winded way of saying this technology that allowed architects and artists to produce more realistic imagery with a pencil was also first looked at as an issue as something that is killing the craft of producing an image without any help from an accessory or something like that or technology. And so they thought that it would kill painting or like the, the like kind of Renaissance paintings and stuff like that. Yeah, so because in their eyes, then, well, everybody's an illustrator. Everybody's a painter. Right. So yeah, I can see how that would be very along the same parallel. And like, I don't see that conversation being that far off from like a Canon EOS R6 or a Sony FX3 coming out. Oh, that's cool. Can, uh, 
Kevin just showed me it's the called Neo Lucida, which is the the like updated version, like today's current Lucida technology. It looks sweet. Yeah, there's two different kinds: an XL and uh, just the Neo, the standard version. So, but yeah, I just like I don't see that conversation being that far off from like an EOS R6 coming out or a Sony FX3 coming out, and people being worried that there's going to be more people in their space working or trying to get a foothold there. So, yeah, I mean, th this isn't a new conversation. This isn't anything groundbreaking or anything like that. And that was really my like my only point with that. Interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. Um, did you have anything else to add uh, uh, on that? Was that, no. was that, that was the complete No, thought? it was just, yeah. And, yeah. like, I guess, I guess I could add the fact that the Kodak Brownie camera was kind of the same thing, too. Yeah. It, it brought photography literally to the masses and made it possible for your average person to t capture images and get prints made and all of that stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you touched on something there that was kind of in the back of my mind when I was looking through these articles that she, she supplied, uh, Maddie supplied us with. Mm -hmm. Um, and the one that I really liked was like the history of photography and, yeah. you know, you go back to, you know, the, what you had originally said, the camera obscura, which is essentially a, a room, um, mm -hmm. with a hole in it and it inverts the image. Sometimes you can almost see this too, if you're in a darkened room and there's just mm -hmm. a sliver of, of like a curtain open, mm -hmm. you'll actually see the upside down reversed version mm -hmm. on your walls of whatever's coming through your window, which is, um, interesting. It's just natural, natural kind of yeah, technology. You're literally creating a pinhole in your room. Yeah. So that's yeah. what, that's what people were kind of first interested in when they, when they started noticing that this was happening. Um, and then you get into early optics with um, telescopes and everything, and then you've got the world's first photograph in 1827, um, and then uh, your first daguerreotype, which is in 1839, essentially just, uh, you know, it looks like a very standard large format camera, um, mm -hmm. and you've got just a cap over it, and you, open, you take the cap off to take the photo, and you put it back on. Mm -hmm. It's like the extent of the shutter for you. Yeah. Um, well, in, like, the f they were the early days of like photo like uh photosensitive material was also just like like i think that first image the that was produced in the courtyard yep uh who was that by that do you have that up yeah that was um uh i can't pronounce the name here but it was it took eight hours to record the image i was gonna say i think that even yeah it, yeah they yeah. were like you might as well just take the take the lens cap off yeah. and put it back on because it, it takes it takes forever right yeah um and then you start to dabble start to begin in the in like mid 1800s you start to start to see i'm saying start a lot <laughs> you start to see your mm. first um <laughs> kind of uh bits of what we today would call photojournalism so with um uh the you know revolt in france the crimean mm -hmm. war the u.s civil war um, you start seeing images and imagery of the war happening or documentation of the weapons that they're using or soldiers lined up. And today we would say this is photojournalism. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 18, you know, 1835, 1887, um, Henry Fox Talbot invented a way of spreading gelatin emulsion on paper and rolling it. Um, this would be the first version of celluloid roll film. So this is, you, you know... This is the ape in the first, mm -hmm. like the very small ape in the first step of 
film evolution here. Yeah. And then Kodak, George Eastman rocks the industry by coming out with the brownie. Or I don't even think it was the brownie was the first one, was it? I don't um, think so. I think, oh, man, I would a, have to brush bo- up on this box, history a little A box bit. camera of some type. Yeah, and it was, the if I remember correctly from my like photo history days in mm-hmm. school and stuff, but I think that you even just, you fired through, I think it was like not that many shots. You fired through them, and then you would literally send the whole box back to Kodak. Mm-hmm. They would open it up, process the film, and send you another box with film with a fresh pack of film in there yep and that was their marketing technique yeah. if you push the button we do the rest was their tagline yeah um and this is this is interesting and there's an i still have to find the the article on this um but i had always heard so don't you know take this with a grain of salt mm-hmm. that george eastman came to this realization that photography should be made for the masses and it should be easily accessible because he himself mm-hmm. was going on a trip and upon departing for that trip he's like oh i want to take lots of photos yeah and they're like okay sir well you're going to need this and 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 he's like oh my gosh <laughs> so by the end of it you've got this pallet sized piece of luggage that is just <laughs> camera equipment and that still happens today when somebody <laughs> gets on a plane oh my god but he was like, this is ridiculous. It shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. And so as a business person, he was like, set forth out to go create something way easier for people because yeah. he knew that if he could make it easier, he could monetize it. Isn't it, isn't it kind of funny how how much like the times that we're living in now with like YouTube and Netflix streaming and everybody wanting to like get in that space is so similar to the like the space that existed just as photography was starting out. Like, yep. It's so insane. Like I was just... Uh, I was just clicking through another little thing. I was like the people that started within photography once it like got rolling a little bit and became more accessible to people, the things that they did were insane. Like yeah. the, the like Nadar was a French photographer photographing on daguerreotypes, I believe. He was also a uh, amateur balloonist. I'm sorry, an amateur balloonist? Correct. What is amateur balloonery? So he he developed aerial photography because he strapped a large format camera to the side of his hot oh, air balloon. So he's the first drone guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially, like, that's literally, like, I mean, you look back at old Casey Neistat videos and losing drones to the Hudson River, and it's like... <laughs> That's not too far off. Yeah. Some crazy guy that's like, I don't I don't really care about like the loss here. The the reward is way more Yeah. Like, yeah. So as we go on through history, you know, so we've got Co- you got, got George Eastman breaking through with the Kodak and that just that explodes the imaging industry with moving pictures happening yeah. in the late 1800s, the early 1900s. And then you've got 35 millimeter coming out in 1913. You've got SLRs that are accessible to most by 1957. Yeah. Before even, you know, people are landing on the moon. And then in 75, moving to now, the digital age has been born. And yeah. after that, it's another explosion. Yeah. All of that to say, you can see, even from the beginning, the kind of the the overall tone that I'm seeing from this is mm-hmm. as 
it gets more and more understood. So from somebody first seeing like, they're like, oh, I'm in this darkened room, there's a hole in it, and the, the, the <laughs> image is coming through on my wall, all the way until now, and and you know, you're quickly advancing. Can you imagine being that guy? You're like, oh is my gosh. It, is this caveat old, or is that image really there on the wall? <laughs> Martha, Martha, come witness this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see Jeremy putting the horses away in the stable right there. <laughs> He's on the wall. <laughs> He's upside down. <laughs> By God. <laughs> so you see <laughs> all of that to say as we joke about this. <laughs> Ever since we realized that we could fix imagery onto something, we have as humans continued to make it easier to do and more accessible to get. Mm -hmm. And that's I think why we're to this point now where, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, everyone's, everyone's got a camera. Like, well, mm -hmm. that was the natural progression of things, my sure. guy. Like, <laughs> my guy, <laughs> that was, hear me out, dude. That's always how it's going to be, my man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, this was inevitable and it's going to continue to get inevitable. So mm -hmm. to that, I say, if you're somebody, if you're somebody complaining about everybody being a photographer, I would ask you, I would implore you, I would insist yeah. that you just take a moment and you realize the history of what your predecessors did mm -hmm. and what you're doing now mm -hmm. and how much easier it is for you to do your job to do your job, and how much easier it's going to be for generations to come to do their job compared to what you're doing now. Is it easier though? Is it Or, e is or it are there higher expectations? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. As technology progresses, obviously we see the improvement of, yeah. of things happening and thus the expectation becomes higher. Yeah. But also because it gets better, it also gets more accessible. Mm -hmm. So that means that more people are going to be doing it. Yeah. So it kind of, it's refining after refining. Yeah. If there's higher expectations and more people are doing it, then the ex expectations become higher because the technology advances. It's like this nice yeah. little cycle of things going on. Yeah. So don't try to take your complaints and push them deep down inside of you and crush them into a diamond <laughs> crush them into a diamond but just take a second to realize that um y the people before you had it a lot harder than you and they would be saying the same thing about you that you're saying about s hobbyist photographers amateur photographers young photographers now mm-hmm so that's what I found interesting about this this photography talk article on the history of photography. And we'll link this article in the show notes per usual. Mm -hmm. um, did you have anything else on this on this article list that you, you wanted to talk about that you saw that was interesting? I thought, well, I thought that a lot of the cell phone articles were interesting just in terms of like, Indeed, that t the evolution of the camera phone, and we'll put this mm -hmm. in the show notes too. It's a link that shows the evolution of the camera phone from the from the very first like prototype, the Intellect, which was a handheld mobile device with a screen on it in 1993, um, mm -hmm. all the way until now, which we've you know iPhones or Androids, yeah, whatever. You know what's funny, and like I'm I may get flack for this. The first digital camera that I really like would start to walk around with and take pictures on and it had a memory card that I could throw in there, a mic little micro SD card. I had uh who made it? I think it was LG, an LG N V two phone mm -hmm. that I'd walk around like downtown Piqua at night. I was doing night photography on an N V two phone. <laughs> I'd love to see those photos if you've still got them. 
I think uh, I'll, I'll have to dig a little bit. That would but, be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was just practicing composition and and just, I mean, it's kind of funny to see that a lot of from the last time I looked at them, from what I can remember. I'm kind of still doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'll walk by a, a little, like I'll walk by something and I'll be like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I'll, I'll try to make a composition out of that. I'll try to make a little scene out yeah. of that and yeah, see what so, I can come up with. So with everybody, you know, if, if everybody is an image capture, whether that be on their cell phone or a, you know, SLR mirrorless, whatever. Yeah. Can you tell me how often you shoot with your phone versus you shoot with your camera? I really, hmm. So I shoot with my phone quite a bit. I probably shoot with my phone at this point more than my camera camera, mm -hmm. just because I do shoot with my camera more, but I do kind of, it's a more serious process for me. It is. So I take a picture, I, I import it into Capture One, I edit it, I export it, I plan out a post, I try to think of some, some sort of text to go along with that. Mm -hmm. And then I post it. And with my phone, a lot of the times it's just like whatever's happening right there in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I just capture it and post it to Instagram stories and it's done. Yeah. And I may throw like, I, I'm a big fan of, what is it, Oswell, that, that filter that when you swipe to get the different filters. Are you talking or about Oslo, maybe. Okay. You're talking about Instagram filter Oslo? Yeah. Okay. I don't use any Instagram filters. On stories, I do, because I don't want to edit a, a my little snapshot or whatever. And that's yeah. kind of how I see it. It's just like daily, like kind of journaling kind of thing more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then I'll use it for like, I don't know, what I, when I'm doing like little roller hockey stuff at the park or something, I'll shoot a little clip on it. and Right put a put some music to it or something yeah but yeah i mean it's for me i probably do that more uh what about you um i'm probably 80 20 um 80 phone 20 camera yeah um and if this is talking well if we're t if we're talking stuff i post to instagram mm -hmm. like my mo most recent work on my instagram is going to be primarily my fuji yep um i've been really trying to steer away from that's why I have my camera out almost every day is I'm trying mm -hmm. to capture something about every day and post about it. Yeah. Whether that's my cat. But you reserve that capture for your Fuji though. You don't treat your phone the same way. I mean, occasionally I do. I mean, there are, okay. there are some images that you'll see on my Instagram that are my phone. Yeah. I mean, definitely my older stuff. If you check out the older stuff. Yeah. The first phone. like 40, well, I, I started on Instagram at a time where you couldn't upload. You had to capture within Instagram and post oh, directly within Instagram. Interesting. Do you remember that? I like totally you, forgot about that time period. Like you couldn't, you couldn't even, you couldn't even do like past pictures that you took on your phone. You, yeah. You had to capture and like, uh, yeah, and post directly there. And I think that my first probably thirty or so images on my Instagram are that. So I'm just I'm looking at this digital trends article and I'm I'm thinking I, I, it was just up on my screen and I was thinking about Instagram and how nice some of the imagery is on Instagram mm -hmm. right now. The first smartphone was 0.11 megapixels. <laughs> Still enough for HD 720, right? I mean, uh, I suppose. I think I you can't need imagine the, two megapixels for 1080. So I, one megapixel would be enough for 720. I can't imagine the, the pixel quality was. Yeah. I mean, great. it's probably not spectacular. They've shown an image on it's probably a lot like my NV2. Yeah. But, so all that to say, 
photography has become more accessible. It has created higher standards. It continues to advance in technology and it will continue to do all of those things in progression rather than in concession. Mm -hmm. And so that has created, created an environment which I'm sure has existed before mm -hmm. you and I have been involved in this where people say, well, everyone's a photographer now. They got, you got, you got this, you know, but if it was back in the eighties, it was a, you know, wedding photographer with a Hasselblad saying, well, everyone's got a photographer. Anyone can go pick up one of those AE ones. Yeah. Like that's just what happens, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like uh, the, the equivalent I would say would be um, music Yeah. in that my dad liked music I liked music that my dad was just like, what is this? Or that's not like, music. That's even. not music. Even. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he ever said that because he's a, my dad definitely had. <laughs> yeah. But then you think back to when he was a teenager, like a, a teenager, I'm not a teenager, but an adolescent of some type. And mm -hmm. he would be listening to music and his, you know, his dad would say like, mm -hmm what's that David Bowie wearing? Like what, yeah. what is he screeching about? Yeah. And then if you go back, you to know what my dad's argument always was? What? Like I'd be playing my music and like in, my, in high school, I would have been listening to like tool or something like that. <laughs> and he would be like, that's not music. That's, that's like math and notes. And I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're right. And, <laughs> and he would, and I would say, well, I'm sure your parents didn't like the music you listened to. And yep. he was like, everybody liked the Beatles. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> and I'd be like, no. ah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd say that's the only equivalent that, that, so you take all of that, just know that there is going to be a space for everyone. And here's why I say that, because right now we're looking at a time where there are people who supplement their income with photography. Mm -hmm. We're talking parents or adults that, you know, on during the week, Monday through Friday, they're going to an office job or they're going to a retail job or what have you. Yeah. But then on the weekend, they'll shoot a wedding Yeah. and they'll make however much they make. Or yeah. like teenagers now, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if some teenagers don't have chores. They're just, ha they just have some influencer work on the weekends. Yeah. Maybe. Instead of like, that's how they're making their extra little bit of money. Maybe, maybe yeah. totally. And then, then you've got, um, you've got some people who are getting started and they don't quite understand how they fit somewhere. So they may, uh, charge a lower price for their work. Yeah. And this is where we start to get in like conflict because there's a piece of the pie that everybody wants. There's one pie. Everybody mm -hmm. wants a piece of it, but everybody wants a, the biggest piece of it or yeah. the, the most piece, the biggest piece that they could possibly get. Mm. Right. So, um, to that, I will say, there are people, and this is going to be a bad equivalency. There are people that will shop at Saks Fifth Avenue and Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. And there are people who will shop at Walmart or TJ Maxx. Yeah. Right? So everybody is buying clothes. There's different clothes. levels of yeah. everything. Yeah. Let's, everybody's buying clothes. But we know that the people at Walmart and TJ Maxx aren't going to be shopping at Saks Fifth Avenue and, maybe. and, and yeah. Nordstrom. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And we know the people at Nordstrom and in, in, in Saks Fifth Avenue are not going to be shopping at TJ Maxx Walmart. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. Right. There's going to be very little overlap there. Very little. Sure. With that in mind, there are going to be people who are only willing to pay so much for photography. Yeah. And that's why the people who exist that charge so little for their work 
or a lower amount, I should say. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so, because maybe a little to us is a lot to them. Yeah. And, well, that's, and, and may, that's okay. Like, and that's totally Everybody fine. has their different, like, everybody everybody has their different way of kind of processing and dealing with all of that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's uh, the person that's charging less for their work may have their process worked out better. So they're more efficient at it and yeah. they can pump out stuff and just knock out uh, as many senior portrait sessions to like, and really they may make more than the person that's shooting the super high end weddings and stuff like that. And really spending all of the time on editing or hiring that out. And it's more expensive to hire it out or yeah. whatever. Everybody has their ways of kind of solving all those problems and one's not necessarily better than the other. But then I also, I don't know. Hmm. I guess a better equivalency would be, okay, so here's a, here's a better one. Here's sure. a better one. There are going to be people who only have a budget for 23-year-old Kevin. Yeah. I'm not 23. That, that's me 10 years ago, really. Whoa. Okay, so there's going to be people that only have a budget for 23-year-old Kevin. And nobody likes you when you're 23. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Mark Hoppus. Yeah. <laughs> Go so, on. if it and they're okay with the quality mm-hmm. that's going to come out of twenty-three-year-old Kevin. Yeah. And then there's going to be people who have the budget and want the quality for somebody like a Rob McCormick. Yeah. So that's a better equivalency. Mm-hmm. And between Rob McCormick and twenty-three-year-old Kevin, there's going to be very little, probably no overlap. There's <laughs> also there's also what the customer needs. Yeah. Are like if you don't. There's some things that just, like, for a higher-end photographer, that just isn't worth their time. Yeah. And, and you have to define that. Even Emma Parker talked about that a lot, yeah. just turning down clients and being like, look, this is going to be more work for me than what I'm willing to invest. Mm-hmm. And here's somebody else who would be, who's going to do it just as well as I will. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, there's some situations where if you're doing product photography of, I don't know, like your Etsy shop, let me show you how to do that so that you can do it yourself because I can do it for you, but I'm going to charge too much Mm -hmm. and you're going to need a continuation of this. So you might as well learn how to do it yourself. And yeah, yeah, there's, there's some things with that, but I think, I don't know. I think part of this whole thing that we're talking about here, this whole broad scope of access and all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily to the tools. I don't think that I think that people sometimes get distracted by that aspect that For sure. that there's that there's uh, a mom or an uncle or something like that at a wedding with their 5D4 and they shouldn't have brought it because they should have just enjoyed the party that they're at. Right. But that wasn't that different than like you were saying a little bit ago, like 50 years ago, somebody being at a wedding with a Canon AE one and the, the wedding photographer happens to be shooting with the same camera. They're using, there's a guy up on the, up on the space station that's shooting with a five D four just because I've got one doesn't mean I'm doing the work that he's doing. Right, Right. You know? And I think that, I think that a lot of the frustration that it, photographers kind of express now is mostly with access to publication mm-hmm. and trying to like the noise to mess what is that what is no, the, the noise to message message to noise ratio yeah and just like trying to cut through the noise of everybody on social media for the purpose of social media to interact with their with their friends and family and all of that right for advertising mm-hmm and 
I think that every like anybody can publish anything at anywhere at this point, and it's kind of insane that everyone has that access. Yeah, it's it kind of blows my mind. Like newspapers are kind of pointless at this point. Whoa, you know what I mean? Like uh, I wouldn't go that far. I, I I'm that's where I disagree. I think I think there is a there is a space. I guess Just not like, pointless, but it like they have less relevancy now because you can get that news so many other places and you can know what's going on within your community without a professional writer telling you what's going on in your community. Which is kind of weird to think about. Sort of. I, yeah. And again, I'm I this is where we slightly <laughs> this is where we slightly disagree. Sure. Because um it kind of goes back to um what your customer needs. Yeah. Some people, for example, and this is just on the topic of of, of my uncle Ramos is not taking pictures of the president signing a deal. Is what you're saying? Is what yeah. I'm gonna guess that you're saying that like I don't have that access to like the world news kind of scope. No, I'd say I'd say it's more like because earlier you said um, uh, it's it's sometimes about what the customer what the customers needs, right? Yeah, and so. Think about a newspaper reader like a customer because they are. They're a customer. Mm -hmm. um, some people prefer to digest current affairs as original video content mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. Some people like to um, digest it as public radio on, mm -hmm. you know, in, in their car on NPR. And some people um, prefer to digest it via physical paper or online paper. And that's, I think, where the relevancy still lives for, okay. for newspapers. Um, it's just people have more choices now. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I, I can, I can say it's just a different product. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um, so yeah, that's. I'm gonna get off my soapbox now with the, with the. Uh, just be nice. Just be nice to everybody. If you're taking a picture, <laughs> look, you have more in common with somebody taking a picture on their cell phone. If you're listening to this right now, and you're not. Uh, Gregory Crutzen or Annie Leibovitz or you know whatever famous photographer out there right now mm -hmm. that's that's doing the cover of Condé Nast or whatever it is, right? Yeah. You have more in common with somebody taking a photo for pleasure on their phone if you're shooting a 5D4 than any of those like top level photographers, right? You are too capturing imagery on your camera for maybe business but also because you love doing it mm. and the person taking the photo with their phone is doing the same thing they're taking that photo right then and there because they love to do it yeah so that's yeah that's my that's my message yeah just be kind yeah well and it's just the understanding it's funny you can find common ground <laughs> gonna fade in with the proverb. <laughs> oh. Man, this like it's such a complex and broad it topic is. to like try to try to think about like with any kind of specifics and like we get we get into talking generalities pretty quickly. Yeah. But man, like there are so many tools and I think that that like I don't know. It's almost like, like I, I kind of relate it to when I was going to college and just like being overwhelmed with choices and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. just like, there's so many directions you can go at this point that it's almost like, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough. But at the same time, you almost can't make a wrong decision at this point when it comes to like cameras and lenses. Like they're all pretty much great. They're all pretty much sharp. Like, 
There's yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't take like a an eight to fifteen fisheye to a wedding, but you'd have a pretty unique look to your work if you did. <laughs> is that, I don't know. Is that Kevin? I hear he only shoots weddings with fish eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could think of a couple a couple situations where that could look pretty dope. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you've got a half pipe at your wedding. Or I was, <laughs> or if the Beastie Boys are shooting a music video in the same room. <laughs> Hear me out, dude. Tony Hawk's my best man, man. <laughs> Do you take this bride to take to be your? <laughs> that was a really terrible Beastie Boys that impression. That was I, I. I caught it. I understood. With the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Oh, oh man, I'm like goodness. I was trying to do the right left thing, but I've got a mono microphone, so you're not gonna hear that <laughs> piping into your right and left yeah. headphone, but yeah. Okay. Um so did did you wanna did you have anything else in these articles that you wanted to to cover, talk about, um, elaborate on, uh think about philosophize my, on my brain kinda hurts right now. Okay, that's fine. My brain kinda hurts just because I don't know. Like it is, it's a tough topic to to get some footing on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a question for you. Okay, hit me with the question. Would you ever shoot a wedding with a phone? Okay, we're getting in the hot takes now. Hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I ever if shoot you a wedding did, with a like, phone? like what? What camera phone? I remember. So the my guy Rob McCormick. Righto. Hello, Rob. It was I, nice seeing you on Friday. Oh yeah, that was yeah. The Rob was in here, wasn't he? Yeah. Hey, I Rob. got to see like some of my favorite people on Friday. I got Rob McCormick, Josh Smith, Larry. Oh, I forget your last name, Larry. I'm sorry. Uh, he shoots a bunch of film. That he was picking up some four by five negatives from Matt. Super nice guy. Um. But yeah, I was, I was just talking to Rob. Like, uh, or wait a minute, let me back up a little bit. I got a little distracted by my, by my, by my, my nice Friday with all my all my favorite peeps. All your peoples. Um, not that long ago, I remember Rob talking about a Kickstarter for one of those cameras, one of those camera phones with like a billion lenses on the back of it. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I remember this. Yeah, where they were trying to make like. A camera phone that basically literally gave you like lens choices built built into the right. hardware of the phone, mm-hmm. um, and to see like I don't know you you see a wedding photographer a pretty prominent wedding photographer mm-hmm. talking about phone photography in that way, and you're like, ah yeah, there's no problem with that. There's no problem with those with that technology and that access being in the same space that I'm residing because you realize like the, I think that it's all in defensiveness, mm-hmm. all of that kind of negative feedback, all that stuff. And it's the unknown being scared of the unknown is not an unusual thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but also, yeah, it's just, it. you got to realize that the thing that makes you marketable or profitable and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not the camera in your hand. It's you. It's you, bud. <laughs> it's always been you. Yeah. But would you shoot a wedding on a phone? Um, okay. So would I shoot a wedding on a phone? To answer that question, the answer is yes, but with caveats. First, the couple would have to be okay with this. 
or they, so if they requested it, or <laughs> you mean to say you would not force this service upon your customer? Look here, you're gonna pay me this amount, and I'm gonna use my freaking phone. Uh, no, I would never do that. So they they would have to agree to this, and I would prefer to do it um, with some more advanced accessories. And here's why I say that. Ooh, accessorizing. You ready for this? I once lived in uh, the Bay Area. <laughs> Wait, what does your wife do again? I lived <laughs> I lived in the Bay Area. That with, one was for with, you, Ken. With, with my <laughs> photographer, my, my wife who's a photographer. Um, and that's like the heart of Apple, right? So we, we would probably, at any given month, pass by Apple mm. half a dozen times. It's a pretty cool campus. I mean, yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, everything. I'm just a commoner from the cornfields of Ohio. Please <laughs> tell me about Apple, please. <laughs> With, there were billboards everywhere for Apple. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, and most of them were the shot on the iPhone campaign. Yeah. So you'd see a billboard that says "shot on iPhone," and it's a really awesome. Have you image. seen the memes? Yes, I've seen the memes. <laughs> TJ just showed this to me on Friday. <laughs> oh, they're so good. But yeah, shot on an iPhone. So so you'd see these giant billboards and it says shot on iPhone. Yeah. Or you'd watch one of their commercials and then it's got video on it and it's all these like, you know, exploding inks or like really nice like cinematic footage and it says shot on iPhone. Mm-hmm. You want to know the secret behind these campaigns? They're Pro- shot. They're post-processing? Sh- no, they're shot on iPhone. They're shot on, 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 uh, uh, prototype iPhones that are hooked up to very advanced accessories like um you know they're they're hooked into the lightning port and then the lightning port's hooked into an HDMI and there's lenses hooked into it and just like crazy stuff so it's not just shot on an iPhone it's shot on an iPhone with accessories that are worth more than the iPhone do you have do you have resources yeah I'll, 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 okay. pro- I'll provide a link because I'm curious because I so we talked about parable a little bit yep Benjamin Willis, Ben. Will, I don't know why I called him Benjamin. That was weird. I think he goes by Benjamin sometimes. Benjamin. Um, ben Willis, our boy, lowercase b. He's got some shot on iPhone photos up on billboards around Columbus. Yep. That he's taken. Yes. I would be curious if he... I doubt his are shot this way. Okay. Yeah. I. I highly. I bet his. Are, I'd be are, curious though. Yeah. I'd be curious if he. If he. Uh, if they took him in and were like. Here's this iPhone, and they hand him a thing that's got all of this stuff attached to it, and he's like, he has yeah. to figure out a way to work no, with it. No, I don't think that's the, the that's the way it does it. If, if it's a okay, it's a, it's a corporate campaign, then yes, I believe it's shot that way. If it's actual from content creators like our dude Ben, then yes. Hmm. So it's 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 not all advanced. Okay. So all that said, yes, I would shoot a wedding. I would do it with advanced accessories. Like I'd probably use a grip on the phone. Hmm. and I would probably use, like, high-quality lenses. So yeah. I, I'd probably choose, like, the best, the iPhone 12 Pro, which mm-hmm. is the current, you know, it shoots raw. It's got its own raw um, capabilities. And um, I would also use a grip with, a, you know, an actual shutter button rather than using the, the touchscreen, mm-hmm. and I would use lenses to get different looks, uh, perspectives, like okay. uh, focal lengths, essentially. Um, so, yeah, yes. Yes, I would. With those exceptions. Okay. Would you ever shoot a wedding with a phone? I don't think so. <laughs> unless I like and this isn't this isn't me doubting its capability like the current phone's capability or anything. It's literally it's out of ignorance. I don't know 
what I should do to get the proper image Mm -hmm. out of a phone that would get me something that I would feel comfortable like handing over to a client that was like, uh, like we, so I see this every day. People come in with photos on their phones that they want printed large. Yep. And it doesn't doesn't work out because it's low light. Like most of the time you're shooting snapshots on your phone, it's when it's low light and you're trying to just get people smiling and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's literally what a wedding is. And I don't know how to get proper images out of a phone within those within that context. Like it's literally just due to my ignorance. I know that it's capable of that. But it would take more work for me to learn the process of doing that than picking up my Nikon Z6 II Got it. that I'm already comfortable with. That makes sense. And I think it is just a comfort level thing. I, sh- I see, like, do you ever see, what is it? There's an Instagram uh, account. I'll try to find it so that Maddie can link it up. But it's literally just like showing you behind the scenes shots of cool stuff people do with a phone for video. Mm-hmm. And then showing you the output and it's like, what? Yeah. Like, like you're, you're able to get that, like where you see the guy just holding his phone and like bumping it into a Sprite can and then pan, like bringing it, bringing it back to, so that you get the broad view and then bumping it back into it and doing those cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just shows you like, I mean, within that context, uh, for video, if you know where your cuts are, if you know what your story is, and you know how you're going to tell that story, the the equipment doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Like, as long as you're comfortable with it and you get what you need out of it, that's all that matters, yeah. really. Yeah. And, yeah. And, really, I think if I did try to shoot something like that, like a wedding or something like that on a phone, I would bring as much lighting as i possibly could (laughs) just because that's the one thing that i would be so worried about is as soon as you get into low light situations that you're you're bumping the iso and on that small sensor it just doesn't work out yeah yeah and i think that's i think that's currently the the bit i'd say zoom and the other big hiccup is low light capabilities Mm -hmm. because they're using such small sensors in phones and because there's very little optical zoom built into phones Mm -hmm. um, and they're still trying to tackle how to get to greater qualities of both of those features I yeah think that's i think that's their weak points and maybe there's workarounds that i'm not aware of with that maybe there's like software you can use to reduce noise and maybe. all that stuff I mean, that adobe works a lot came, better adobe just came out with that update that allows you to bump up resolution in some magical way and i have no idea it's which it's, there's it's, been it's, software that did that in the past yeah like relatively fract, well. fract, fractals and, and okay. things like that but i mean we're, we're talking about technology now that's equivalent to when you watch a cheesy like cop show and they're just like oh security camera footage enhance like <laughs> that's where we are now like i don't know how we got there so fast click but, enhance again real quick enhance. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know we're talking about shooting weddings with a camera but do you think they're ever going to teach some kind of iphoneography or phone photography in school like colleges or even uh, high schools where they teach you know basic photography classes sometimes uh so this is i like I legit, like, I don't know that it's even necessary for, like, uh, besides for, like, networking and stuff like that, I don't know that a lot of, like, man, how can I put this? I don't even know that, like, photography school is necessary, even with DSLRs and stuff. That information is out there, and you can grab it. Like, it's accessible. Sure. And so, 
I honestly, I don't know, but I mean, I prefer to learn in a classroom rather than online a lot of the times, just yeah. because it's you find your you find your little path on the internet within that giant range of information and giant is putting it lightly it's larger than the universe at this point (laughs) and so like having other people that are also sharing their little trails Mm -hmm. into the internet is really helpful but man if they if they're not they should be I question, so that's your answer is that if they're not, they should be. I don't know if there is. I assume there might be like one or two programs out there. And when I say programs, I mean like a class. I don't think there's any kind of advanced like series of classes for phone photography, but I think it would be very difficult given how advanced technology progresses. Like I was talking about earlier, um, like one of the first phones that had good you know, quality imagery. It was the iPhone 3GS. Mm-hmm. And that phone came out in, uh, I'm just Googling it here, July 2008. So 12 years ago, mm-hmm. 13 years ago, we were looking at a phone that was considered actually very good at digital photography. Mm-hmm. And now we're using phones that have three lenses, if not more, Mm. high ISO ranges, HDR capabilities. We've even got phones now that are 50, 100 megapixels. The sensors have gotten larger. If that happened in 13 years, Mm -hmm. I mean, that all like slowly happened in 13 years. But if we next year, I mean, it's just going to get faster and faster and faster. So I don't know how the classes are going to hold up. Yeah. Um, in terms of the the rapid progression but of I technology, think, like any class, though they will continue to adapt every year. They'll sure. continue to change every year. Sure. I'm sure that the the digital photography class that's currently being taught at OSU is not the same one that I took. Same, same here. You for, know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm I was using Pro Photos, Pro Photo Compacts back in the day yep. when, when I was doing lighting classes. We were using Norman P two thousands. Whoa. Yep. Dang, dude. Yeah. My my. Uh, my studio lighting class was still all film, like all really? on film. It was such a pain because there were too many people in the class. So you didn't have access to the studio as you needed it. Ooh. But anyway, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think like I think that it will continue to evolve and continue to shift to that direction, which I don't have any problem with. I just wish some of that technology would go the other way too. Like mm-hmm. why why doesn't my Nikon Z62 have an Instagram app at this point to post directly from my camera? I mean, it's got Wi-Fi. You can just transfer it to your phone. I know, but it's got Wi-Fi, so why can't I post it to Instagram? I think we, that was something that did happen though. There was an Android digital camera. Sure, but why, you know what I mean though? My car literally has apps on the dashboard. Why doesn't my camera? I can tweet from a fridge. Dude, do it. <laughs> like I just uh, that that boundary is like uh yeah, I yeah. I, just, I don't understand that, but yeah, it, I don't know. Okay. I, th- that's one of those things like cell phone photography when people come in and show me what they're getting on their phone sometimes it mm. blows my mind yeah. and I'm like I mean, you can get a DSLR or mirrorless camera, but I don't know that like, it will open some doors for you. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Like, even mentally just having something that is the is its own separate device will sometimes give you, like, 
for me, it gives me more clear headedness to create yeah. and less distractions. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. The, the phone photography capability that some people get is insane. It is indeed. Now you're on the, you're, you're our sales floor manager. So mm-hmm. you, you, you've, you know what it's like on the, on the front lines of seeing what's being bought and what's being sold. And I know what it's like. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> Oh, what are you, what are you saying about my office job there, Tom? Uh, <laughs> what do you, with all these, you know, you've got Instagram, you've got Visco, you've got TikTok, you've got, um, you know, any image based social network or app. Mm-hmm. Um, cause now there's, even, there's just strictly audio based social networks, which is crazy. What's that like clubhouse? Yeah, 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 like Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, what do you, how do you see these apps impacting film photography or even digital photography? But film photography in particular because it's so different than capturing an image and looking at the back of the screen. You know, it's funny. A lot of the people that are producing great images with their phones are also interested in film photography. Very interesting. It's what I've noticed, like a lot of the young people younger people that are interested into in uh in film photography are it's yeah it's it's sort of weird like they do you think that and and i'm not trying to rag on them at all do you feel like because i feel like that's a good way to market yourself i'm on an app where everybody is capturing images Mm -hmm. but i'm capturing images that are unique because i really have to think about what i'm capturing and i don't get to see it immediately like do you think that's one of the things behind their accounts or their their um their profiles like i honestly don't know i like part of it feels like a style thing too okay i see that like just like wanting like I don't know. Yeah. Almost like <laughs> he's going to be on the podcast uh, later on, but almost like Forrest. Okay. Like, like Forrest the, Roberts. The, the people that like are like, oh yeah, that guy's, that guy's like the coolest guy in their friend group kind of thing. And it's like <laughs> part of it is that film, that little bit of eccentricness and yeah. like whatever. Uh, and like, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking of some of the people that that dig through the expired film packs and like yeah. look for that that film that like they've never heard of and that they know that their friends have never heard of and literally it's a unique look like it's so far expired that like in such a unique film that no filter is going to be able to kind of replicate that that yeah. look and I don't know and I think it's I think people like separation like a definitive line like this thing is for film and i shoot with that and that's that's only going to produce this kind of look or this kind of thing yeah and then they've got their phone that they're also really capable with but it's it does so much more and just like yeah i don't know interesting i feel like i just rambled a lot and didn't no, no, make any sense. points at all no no no. you made yeah. sense I, 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 okay. I hear what you're saying i'm sure other people hear what you're saying i hope so <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Uh-oh. um so knowing that too we've got these like new um are they called sprites the little ilford guys little ilford plastic you know i don't mm, uh, you know, if uh, if I can bring up our website real quick. Now, uh, we'd ha- we have seen, that all said, we've seen an uptick in disposable or small, like, film cameras. 
Um, we do sell disposable cameras here. At it Bill is Ford. a Sprite that you're talking about. Right. So um, Ilford has this new 35 millimeter camera. It's very retro. It's called the Ilford, it looks sweet. The Ilford Sprite 2. Um, it comes in silver or black. It's pretty, I mean, it looks straightforward. You know, <laughs> you know what it looks like to me? I had one of my first, my, my brother was kind of a tech nerd mm-hmm. when I was growing up, still is, but um, he, one of the cameras that he gave me early on just to see what like 13 year old Tom could come up with mm-hmm. was a uh, Lomography fisheye oh. film camera. And he was like, literally, don't look through the finder. Just point it at whatever you want to shoot and just click the button and to advance the film. Yeah. You get some cool shots with it. And this looks a lot like that. And I mean, I like I have a man. There's going to be so many so many references in this episode that I'm going to have to dig up some old old stuff on the hard drive. Oh, yeah, for sure. But there's an image that I'm thinking of. Me and my brother, uh, when he was in college, he went to Wright State in Dayton. Uh, one of the things that we like to do, like he would pick me up from Piqua and we'd go to Yellow Springs and, sh- and take pictures. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture that I took. Man, it's going to be embarrassing, this picture, because I've got, like, (laughs) real long, shaggy hair. But I'm sitting on a swing set, like, on on the middle swing in a swing set, and I did a selfie, like, at arm's length away. Yeah. And the whole swing set is warped around me in that fisheye lens. And you can still, like, my face is right in the middle. I can't wait to see this photo of young Tom. Man, I hope I can dig it up. But, yeah, that, like... This seem this Ilford Sprite thirty five like seems like that kind of thing. Like you go to, I mean, once COVID's over, you go to a party with friends and you just kind of snap pictures throughout the whole process and and see what you come up with when you get it back. Yeah, I I like this new wave of of little, you know, disposable cameras or even little film cameras. Um, I think it's fun. I think it gets people in the door without like busting the bank. Um, you know, some people come in and they they want to shoot film and they think they need to get started on a twin lens reflex or you know an old mamiya or hasselblad and it's like no you can get you can get they can get some nice images from a 35 millimeter i mean look at me i just bought a canonet and i dig that thing i think i wanted a medium format camera for some time and then i realized you know what this little compact thing is going to make me it's going to allow me to carry around more i can um still uh, capture creatively so you know it you don't have to drop a ton of money to get started in film if that's something that you want to do or try if you've never done it before especially you know if you're if you're on instagram and you're capturing a lot of images and you feel like you're really um tapping into your creative side i think getting into film or getting into any kind of photography that allows you to adjust uh adjust settings or even capture different perspectives is going to even flex your creative muscle in your brain even more. So that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I, I do think, yeah, I would say honestly, like this, (laughs) this is going to be just a con like another thing that we've said before, but like, just if you're interested in photography, just start, Yeah, start with your phone Start with the AE one that's been sitting in your uncle's closet for twenty five years, or that that uh, 
a cool picks that's at the bottom of a shoebox that you got in 2003. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah. Or <laughs> I also had one of those uh, Polaroid iZone cameras. Oh, so did I. You remember that? I think I still have a, I think, I'm pretty sure I could still dig up a picture from one of those. I'd have to go over to my parents and find it though. I, uh, I don't think that I've got any that I can like uh, that I could post or anything to the gram, Gosh, but those were so cool. Cause then you, I've could, got, you could cut, like they had the film, you could even cut them and they had a sticker back on mm-hmm, them. You could stick mm-hmm. them to things. Gosh, those are so cool. I did a selfie w- at the time. I was one of my best friends was a girl named Kyla Starrett. And we took a selfie at the Cincinnati's earth museum or earth and science museum Yeah, in front of a dinosaur or something. And you can like, I'm like barely in the photo, like in the selfie, like I'm cut <laughs> off a little bit. She's in it. And then like the dinosaur is just like darkness behind Like the flash just completely not like you can't even, it just looks like a the bad photo. Ridiculous. Yeah. But there's also just talking, since we were talking about the Ilford Sprite and stuff, there's also, there's an app now called Dispo. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I think you told me a little bit about this. This is the disposable uh, iPhone or just a smartphone app. So it's a smartphone app that kind of re- that kind of does the same thing that a disposable camera does and that you take pictures with it. You can't see what you're shooting. So you're literally oh, pointing and shooting. Interesting. And then you can't see the photos until the next day. Does it apply like an old vintagey filter on them? I think a little bit, but it not not like not like absurdly vintagey. Okay, I'm gonna have to download. Not like it's not overly done or anything. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and. I have not tried it. Oh, you're endorsing it, but you haven't tried it yet. No, I just. It's, How much I'm, did they pay you, Tom? It's just something that I'm bringing up <laughs> that I think is interesting with like the film shooting thing that, just, that we were talking I'm about. I'm just joking. All right, I'm downloading. Oh, that was a joke. Yeah. Oh no, Kevin. It, it has bad reviews, Tom. Uh, yeah, it probably does. I mean, it's it may be like Beam, may may be a cool concept, but poor execution. Okay, well, I'll try it out. It's called Dispo. I'll tell you what, what I think. Uh, maybe I'll capture some stuff, and then we'll feed it to the, the Instagrams. <laughs> It'd the, be funny the if the reviews were like, I can't see my pictures <laughs> until the next day. <laughs> yes, that is the premise. Okay, now you've got me curious because I do want to see if that's, <laughs> if that's one of the reviews. <laughs> it's like the gallon of milk reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Um, okay. Or the sugar-free Haribo gummy bear reviews. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever curious about terrible reviews, go look up the uh, go look up the uh, sugar-free Haribo gummy bear reviews. There, you know what else funny. is a low-key uh, good review thing to look at is on on Goodreads, the website that you can like talk about books that you've read and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the reviews for the Catcher in the Rye are all in all written in oh, the style no. of JD Sollinger of just like <laughs> it was a good day it wasn't a bad day but it was I was walking around and I wasn't walking quickly but briskly and <laughs> oh my god it's just they're so good uh, okay um, so all that said let's leave you guys with a challenge you ready? my brain hurts my brain hurts said Tom but so we're gonna challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm narrating the yeah. podcast. Uh, my go. brain hurts it, Tom. <laughs> Kevin gave him a funny look and said, let's just go to the closer challenge. <laughs> um, this week, we oh. challenge you to take your camera out, whether that's your phone or your SLR or your DSLR or your mirrorless camera mm-hmm. or your large format 
Horseman or whatever you got. Your Bronica, uh, SQ2. Your 3.5 floppy disk Mavica. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And go try shooting something with both a camera and your cell phone and try to look at the comparisons. Try to see if one made you feel more creative than the other, but don't feel bad about using either because. Have you done this before? Have I done what before? Shot the same thing on two different cameras. Yeah, yeah, I have. Actually, I have an article on Petapixel where I did that exact thing. What? Uh, I, I, yes, um, we'll, link, we'll link that in the show notes. You're a well-known Petapixel article I have, I have writer one, as well? I have one article on Petapixel. One. And what I did is I rigged a optical slave, and I gaffer taped it to the flash of a Polaroid 600, and I hooked the optical slave up to a PC port that hooked into a pocket wizard. And I, uh, I used speed lights in a strobist fashion in order to capture a speed light lit portrait on a Polaroid 600. But before I could do that, I had to meter with a digital camera. So I had to take the same picture on a 5D2 and then take the settings that are pretty much fixed on a Polaroid 600 and hey. fix them into a, <laughs> into a 5D2. So yeah. that's, that's the gist of the article. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I've, I've captured on both a film and a digital camera. But do then, you do you have a long answer to that question? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want me to, I can pull up, I can pull up the article and just read it for you if you want uh, me to. You know what's hilarious? The like, it, it's funny sometimes, like sitting and talking with you, how similar some of our experiences with photography are. Yes, and I don't. I think that that's true of a lot of photographers trying to navigate the space. Yes, but not that long ago, mm-hmm. Spencer Lookabaugh was the lighting specialist. Spencer Lookabaugh. Old Spencer boy, <laughs> who's also going to be on the podcast, I believe. At some point. At some point. We can nail him down. Come on, Spencer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, not that long ago, I was working with him here at Midwest Photo, and I brought in my Lomography Lomo Instant Wide camera. Okay. Which I had hot glue, no, epoxied on a uh, cold shoe onto the side because it's got a PC port on it. Got it. And I used a pro photo trigger with that and uh, shot a little uh, shot a little studio sesh here in the shop. It sounds fancy. We should see some of those on our Instagram. You know what? There's an in, there's an insects print in the case, like twenty feet straight behind you that I can take a picture of and post. There we go. That's what we'll do. All right, folks. Well, that's your challenge. Go shoot uh, a cell phone. Go shoot uh, whatever other camera you've got. Try editing the files. Put it on Instagram. Tag us. Use hashtag two weird camera beards. The number two, please. Two WCB. Or two WCB. We'll look for that one too. Um, yeah. That said, we're or, gonna... or just let us know about your story of trying to do that yeah. in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us your story, or even um, yeah, I'd be just, curious. Yeah, I'm curious. You I'm could curious. Uh, we're both curious. You could record a note, like do a voice memo on your phone and email it to us. Yeah, if you want to be on the show, we can get you on the show. All I have to do is record your voice, and we'll get you on the show. Yeah, and just let us know what your experience was like, and or shoot us your questions. Yeah, yeah. Anything, bro. Totally. Yeah, dude. Rah. Tight. Ah. <laughs> I wonder how many listeners we just lost with that. I don't know. I'll check the analytics later and find out. <laughs> we love you guys. Stick around. Um, as always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can probably find us there. Just look at our pod link. 
pod link bro it's in the show notes bro yeah um share your photos with us on instagram at two weird camera beards or at mpex underscore photo underscore video and you can also send us images or questions to our email the number two weird camera beards at mpex.com and a special thank you to our magical mystical uh, marvelous recently accepting of a of a grad school yeah big person. congrats to yeah. maddie o'neill getting into the university of south carolina yeah maddie o'neill and uh thank you to uh president of midwest photo moisha applebaum and vp of midwest photo ken lewis uh i i hope you enjoyed uh kevin what's your wife do she's a photographer cool. my wife is a photographer that one's for you, Ken. Thank you. <laughs> and Marty. Yeah. Uh, and? You got a quote for us? I got a quote for us. Oh, my gosh. We haven't had a quote in weeks, Tom. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm glad quotes are coming back. This quote today that I've got for you is from Nadar, okay. the, the photographer that I spoke about earlier that's a amateur balloonist and aerial photographer i want on, that on, I want on, that on uh, a business card i'm sorry if yeah. i was an amateur balloon if i was if i was a professional balloonist yeah gosh that sounds so cool i don't know are there professional balloon i'm sure people make money on anything anyway his quote today is so my quote today is by nadar the the amateur balloonist and aerial photographer and uh kevin i think wants that on his next business card Look, order here's the thing if you're hear uh, me uh, out dude <laughs> <laughs> hear me out dude i think we can probably call them a professional balloonist because they're an aerial. They 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 made aerial photography, right? They they got into uh-huh. a balloon and they operated a camera and operated the balloon. I assume, and to that, I don't think anybody can do that. You know what's think- funny? I think that at his during his time, amateur was actually like a brag, oh. because it was oh. like, I've got so much time in the day that I've got time for hobbies. You <laughs> know what I mean? That's true. It's very bougie. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. Balloonery. So, <laughs> yes, I, I only work three hours a day, and then I go ballooning with my cousin. Uh, but yeah, his quote is, In photography, like in all things, there are people who can see and others who cannot even look. That's good. Is that I like a good it. one? Should yeah. I choose another one? No, no, no. I like that one. You've got me. Th- uh, here's another one. <laughs> Ready? And- Photographic theory can be taught in an hour, the basic technique in a day, but what cannot be taught is the feeling for light. It is how light lies on the face that you as an artist must capture. These are all like do you think that that Nadar just sat down one day and started coming up with these very elaborate and to fancy- produce an intimate likeness rather than a banal portrait, the result of a mere chance? You must put yourself at once in communion with the sitter, size up his thoughts and his very character. That's pretty cool. <laughs> He's got so many of these kind of like, kind of. Uh, enthusiastically pretentious <laughs> quote. <laughs> uh, the portrait I do best is of the person I know best. Oh, 
Wow, this is deep. <laughs> Man, he's something tells me Nate. Something Nate. Something tells me Nate Dar was uh, not only you know getting high up in a balloon, but he was maybe getting high on other stuff too. If you know what I mean? Oh, hey. it could have been selenium fixer, maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, pass the selenium. Don't bogart the selenium, please. <laughs> mm, this one tastes a little funny today. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we got, we got something there. Good luck editing. Good luck editing this oh episode. God. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, all Tom. Day. No, do, do, no. Do. Go do your thing. Go do because what? What do you? You're going to uh, go and see your brother, right? Yeah, we're gonna go to an art show in Cincinnati. Oh, is it Nadar? It is not. <laughs> I actually have no idea who it is. I'm just excited to go look at artwork. That sounds rad. That's pretty cool. Pretty good, Cheyenne. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. She says it way better. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Should I choose a different one? No, that's fine. I like that. I like that quote because you're even now. That's it's. All right, let me let me do a, record another one. Wait, 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 wait. You finish what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We've lost it, boys. We've lost it. <laughs> finish your thought, though. I can't even remember what my thought was. Okay, go for it. Ready and. Uh -huh.